welcome to the Open Paddock Rallycast. This is episode 46 for Tuesday, January 15th, 2018, 2019. Wow, I'm already a year off. In this episode, we chatted with Dave and Mike Brown out of Denver, Colorado. We talked with them about what got them into rallying, their almost career-ending crash in a hill climb, and the challenges and successes led to them winning the overall 2018 Rally America Championship in get this, an open light car, or as we say in RA, a normally aspirated four-wheel drive. That is just some impressive stuff. We're really looking forward to hear their story. Kick back, relax, grab a drink. This is Open Paddock, the Rally Cats. Rallycast. I'm your host, Mike Shaw, and with me, as always, is co-presenter and lover of all things ancient, Ian Holmes. How you doing, Ian? <laughs> oh, I'm doing great, mate. How are you? I'm doing oh. quite well. I'm, I'm trying to stay warm, though. It's been, it, you know, cold is one thing. It's the wind with the cold that really kind of bites a bit, you know? Uh-huh, and granted, yeah. we don't get as cold as you guys. I, I get that. No, it's right around freezing true. here, but still, yeah. it's that damn wind. Uh-huh, yeah. So now you've tarred me with this uh, lover of all things ancient brush and uh, yes I did get my Model T Ford Club International magazine in the mail today (laughs) why am I not surprised you have that (laughs) I just want to destroy that illusion in one fell swoop I'm getting back into uh, TSD rallying this weekend uh, and I'm uh, I'm uh, accompanying a novice And this novice is turning up in an Audi R8. Oh, well, apparently the uh, novice goes for the moon. (laughs) That ought to be fun. But, you know, those things are all-wheel drive, too, aren't they? Mm -hmm, Yes. So uh, That ought to be fun. Uh, Well, I'm quite interested to see how the other half lives. uh, And how the other half drive, we should probably say. Yes, I will be reporting back after the event. And uh, you can be well and truly envious then, maybe. I'm sure you'll be having all the creature comforts that an R8 Uh, uh, ends up uh, supplying. There you go. Um, Well... We are looking forward here to have our guests, Dave and Mike Brown, uh, on the show. Many of you probably have heard the story before. It's been, of course, all across the uh, internet and all that stuff, but it's always good to hear in their own words. So without further ado, we're going to welcome Dave and Mike Brown. Well, hello and welcome to the show, Dave and Mike Brown. It is so excited. We're so excited to have you guys on the Rallycast. First of all, just how are you guys doing tonight? Doing awesome. We've been listening to your show for a while and uh, really looking forward to being part of it. Awesome. Ooh, we've, we've got we've got fans. We've got fans on the show, yeah. Mike. I know, right? <laughs> People actually request to come on instead of, oh, God, I'm not doing that again. So our listeners get the voice right. So so the first one to talk, that's Mike, right? No, that's Dave. That was Dave. Damn it, see? I'm, I'm getting confused already. All right, so that was Dave. And now, Mike, why don't you uh, give us a quick hello so we can get the voices figured out here. Yeah, hello, everyone. Yeah, this is Mike, co-driver. Um, doing well tonight. Excellent, excellent. Well, we always tend to start these out, you know, with some of kind of the most basic questions because, well, we always want to know how everybody starts out. But my initial thought is, of course, Pike's Peak was probably an influence, but I want to hear it from you guys. How is it you got bit by the rally bug? Well, it actually started with a coworker of mine. Uh, he was into rally. They actually got into rally when they were back in college. 
and uh, he started telling me about all of his rally stories and how they started doing rally cross locally and invited me out to a rally cross and got a ride and got another ride and started driving myself and <laughs> kind of just crew from there. Awesome. And you guys are based out of the Denver area, right? Yeah. Awesome. Uh, I guess what's a rally culture like just uh, in your general local area? Rally's actually been huge in Colorado for a long time. Uh, there's several uh, rally kind of oriented shops out here. Uh, rally Cross is huge. Uh, a lot of the rally crossers here uh, win national titles, which is awesome. And uh, yeah, the Rally Colorado, obviously. We've got hill climbs all across the state. So there's a lot of rally here. We'll talk about um, your childhood now, because I read I read an interview story somewhere that said that you guys have been like racing ATVs, uh, four wheelers, and bikes since you were kids. So you you must be like naturally competitive. And uh, is this, has this helped you in the the way you've been attacking rally? Oh yeah, I mean I think that uh, with rally being in the dirt, you know, it's all about the feel. Uh, it, it doesn't have exactly the same precision as driving on the road where maybe you can learn it a little more uh the rally it's all seat of the pants you know second by second feeling the traction and i think uh coming from dirt bikes and mountain bikes both mike and i uh has really helped out a lot yeah so how how did you decide then once you decided that you were going into going to have a go at rally who how did you decide who was going to drive and who was going to call the notes were you were you competitive there did you did you have a little fight or did you have like rock paper scissors or <laughs> i just brawled it out in the backyard <laughs> <laughs> no actually uh i guess i got into i started doing the rally cross and then built a hill climb car and i uh, needed a co-driver and the first person i thought of was mike here and uh yeah, he didn't hesitate. He was all about it, huh, Mike? Yeah, I just jumped right in, and there was a off-road park here that we were able to go out and practice first, you know, to make sure I don't throw up in the car. <laughs> and uh, just, always keep. <laughs> and then uh, we were successful out there, and then we just started doing the hill climbs. So obviously, hill climbs being a huge thing in uh, Colorado, uh, tell us a little bit of that uh, hill climb background. I know there's uh, a bit of drama that uh, happened with that. Uh, thankfully, everything worked out okay. Uh, give us a little bit of story on that. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, hill climbs just in general are, they have a rally class, uh, but the difference between rally and hill climbs is hill climbs, you run the same road all weekend. It's just your single best time that counts. Uh, so you're really trying to get that one perfect run and you can have a bunch of throwaway runs. Um, but for us, just, uh, this is 2017 mid year mm -hmm. at, uh, Temple Canyon Hill climb. Uh, we were on our last practice run and, uh, series of things all came to a head and, uh, we drifted wide off of a turn and uh, slid sideways into a pretty big drainage ditch, which uh, launched us up in the air, sent us in a flat 180 spin down the road, and uh, landed hard again, and uh, lots of uh, yelling from Mike's side. So maybe Mike should tell you about his experience. <laughs> yeah, just a lot of really big impacts. And then the second, the second big impact, once we came down from the first flying, um, actually just caused compression fractures in my back. 
and the subsequent impact didn't help at all with that. So after that second hit, yeah, I knew it right away, and I was already screaming in pain. Yeah, we've actually got the video. We got in car on uh, YouTube. If you go to the Racer Dave page, you can see it. But uh, warning for the listeners: it's not for the squeamish to to watch. It's pretty rough, actually. Um, but yeah, we destroyed the car pretty good. I ended up having to cut the whole front corner of the car off to get it repaired. Um, but in the moment, it was really bad, actually, for us uh, or for me. For my, not from a pain standpoint, but for me from an emotional standpoint, we were new to rally. I'd invested a lot in it. I had my brother in the car. And, of course, in my mind, I'm thinking the worst possible case. You know, here yeah. Mike's going to be paralyzed, going to be hurting the rest of his life. And uh, So I was uh, in a pretty bad way emotionally. And uh, Mike just right away was actually really good for me. You know, he, he said it's racing, it's okay. And, uh, and it really kind of helped straighten me out. And then in my mind, I, I said, if Mike's going to get back in the car, I'm going to spend any amount of money and time to get us back uh, going again. And uh, he never even hesitated. You know, he's sitting there in pain and said, heck yeah, let's do this. So uh, I cut multiple cars up, welded them all back together, and uh, got the car sorted and we, uh, six weeks later, I think we raced the Monarch Hill Climber and we got a first place in class. Wow. Wow. Uh, Rally Colorado won overall. So give us actually, before we get into Rally Colorado, um, give yeah. us a flavor of what these hill climb events are like. Cause, uh, you know, we've, we've talked loosely about them before, but it's such a big culture over there for those things. Um, are these, uh, tarmac based usually, or are they, some of them actually gravel or dirt, um, in some of the ones that aren't obviously the big Pikes Peak one, um, you know, what's it like out there? Are they, are they long? How many miles? Just give us an idea of what uh, most of those are like. Uh, besides, like I said, the one that everybody knows. Sure. Yeah, they're uh, all dirt. The entire Cal- uh, Colorado Hill Climb Association series is all dirt roads. Pikes Peaks and Animal all by itself. Uh, roads are generally in the like four or five mile range. There's some that are a little shorter, some are a little longer. Yeah, there, there was one that was flat, actually. It didn't even climb the hill. Uh, but in general, yeah, they try and find roads that go uphill. Some of them are pretty famous, like the Land's End Hill Climb. That thing's been around, I don't even know the date, but I think it's the oldest all-dirt hill climb in the country right now since they uh, paid Pikes Peak. I hope it stays that way. hope it stays yeah. that way. <laughs> No, it's absolutely beautiful. It's on the Grand Mesa at Grand Junction, and the views are just completely epic. And uh, yeah, every now and then a car likes to fly off the edge of a drop off, so it keeps it entertaining. You said six weeks later, you guys, yeah, you're back in the car. Okay, Mike, tell me what it was like uh, getting back in the car again for that hill climb, because I can't imagine those fractures are completely healed yet. Well, from a it was more of pain management. It was there was still a little bit of pain, especially after run. So just a uh, little bit of pain management, but it's really in my brain. It's just confidence-wise, um, building up confidence to be able to focus on the notes, building up confidence in Dave again. Um, and it took several runs for me to really get back into my groove, to being mm-hmm. keeping up with the notes and feeling confident again. 
And it really even took several races um, until I really got that kind of gung-ho, let's go for it, um, feeling back. That was always, I was still tentative. Yeah, I can imagine. Basically, the first run of Monarch, Monarch's one of the shortest and steepest runs, so it's really not fast, uh, but it's on the side of a really steep hill, so there are lots of drop-offs and stuff. And the first run, definitely, uh, Mike and I talked about it, and it was definitely getting over those nerves, you know, <laughs> such a big crash and uh, so much uh, pain for Mike, and uh, it really helped us in a kind of relatively safe environment because of the slower speeds uh, to get our group back. From that point, you decided that you wanted to do uh, Rally Colorado. Now, I'm going to guess that some of the impetus for that was it's the return of Rally Colorado, right? That was the first time it would be back in, gosh, nigh on a decade uh, since it's kind of dropped from the calendar for a while. So you got this big return of the of what would be a home rally. Um, it, was that kind of the reason for you guys trying to make it to that specific event? Not necessarily. I mean, we had uh, committed to doing two rallies that year. We did 100 Acre Wood earlier in the year, and Rally Colorado was going to be the second one. And certainly being the home event, there's less towing, and so we were excited to do that with all our friends. Uh, so we were really excited for that. Um, but it was already on our plan, and it's one we were really looking forward to, and that was kind of the, let's get the car ready and get back on the schedule we planned and not let this wreck affect us. Yeah. For those that don't know, why don't you explain Rally Colorado? Uh, it, like you said, you guys end up coming out on top, winning that event overall in your open light car that you had destroyed and <laughs> took multiple cars and welded back together, which makes you one hell of a mechanic as well. <laughs> uh, sure. <laughs> um, yeah, Rally Colorado is awesome. And we're actually the first people in history to win a national event overall in an open light car at that event, and that's our second rally ever, so all around it was uh, pretty amazing. Uh, you guys are like, this sport's easy. <laughs> <laughs> the exact opposite of that. Yeah, it was, Rally uh, Colorado is a unique event, uh, I think. To me, it's a real driver's course. It is, the time varies so much. And, and I can tell you, I mean, from a co-driver's perspective, it's pretty difficult for you, right? Yeah, just the varying of terrain, um, just your cadence, your tempo on your notes changes constantly, whether it's super tight and twisty um, or if it's more wide open. There was one stage, day one, stage three and six, that you kind of go down, and it's just linked turn after linked turn with crest and <laughs> everything. So it's... I was winded by the time by the end of that stage because you're just non-talk, non-stop talking for six minutes straight as fast as you can to get out all the calls. Yeah, with the variety, there's some sections that are a little bit rougher, and there's definitely some uh, car management you got to do. And uh, there were some really fast turbo guys that were running with us, and uh, you know they keep their foot to the floor no matter what. And, yeah, it was pretty rough on uh, some of those guys, just as far as like axles and stuff. And that's part of the trick to winning. You just got to know when you got to ease up and uh, when you can hammer down. And, yeah, it's it's an epic race. I absolutely love it. So, uh, well, going back to you guys are using a normally naturally aspirated, you know, um, four wheel drive or open light. What's the altitude at for Rally Colorado? Because I have to think that it affects it at least a little bit. 
compared to the Turbo guys. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Uh, the office is pretty high. I don't know. 8,000-ish? Yeah, it's only in the 6 or 7s up there. It's pretty high up. That would definitely affect a normally aspirated motor. Wow. Um, I can definitely see that being a bit of an issue, especially trying to manage heat, too, as, as well. So um, definitely a big challenge. You guys came out on top of that one. Big success. So then you guys decide to take on the whole 2018 championship. What was the impetus that said that, yeah, we're going to go for the whole thing? Kind uh, of some, some life uh... A lining of stars. Uh, so I was getting into rallying, and obviously super pumped. Uh, Colorado obviously was awesome for us. Um, I had recently broke up with a girlfriend, so I had funds free, which was convenient. You <laughs> know, <laughs> <laughs> just loving rally. I wanted to experience rally more than anything. And also, I've never run in any of my uh, previous you know, dirt bike, and never run a whole series. And you hear people talking about what it takes to go after a points chase and all that. And so I just wanted to experience it. And uh, just thought it was convenient timing, and I'm going to commit to that and run the whole series. You must have had to have a whole a whole change of uh, frame of mind as to the way you were going to go about the season then, if you would to attack a whole season campaign and how you actually do it? I mean, a whole season, I mean, if you know anybody that runs a whole season and works on their own car and does the whole shooting match, you get a You think that there's a race once a month or so, or sometimes they were every couple weeks and there's plenty of time. Uh, but between all the driving all the way across country and all the time I spent in the garage and just everything, it's, it's more work than I ever possibly would have imagined, and you just have to up front, 100% commit to it and say you're going to do whatever it takes because it, it takes a lot uh, just to make it to the races. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, that's, that's one thing that makes a national championship so coveted, right? It is that challenge. Um, we've talked about it many times on this show. Uh, th- there's some people that prefer a championship to be kind of region-based plus a shootout at the end or something like that. Sure. Me personally, I'm not for that. I think a true national championship, you need to tow. It, is it hard and expensive? Yes. But that trophy at the end should be coveted. It should be something, yes, it mm-hmm. is hard. You did all that work. Um, whether that work is to get sponsors to back you, to help you get there, and all those different pieces in between, working on the car, whatever it is to get you that championship, that that's my personal opinion, is... It should be hard, and it's the hard that makes it great. You know, the the shootout thing, I get it, it's more affordable, but it's not quite the same as a championship of any other type. Uh, We are a huge country, though. I mean, the U.S. uh, championship uh, is similar to an entire European championship because of the scale. So I can understand the the challenges there. But, you know, for you guys, you you definitely made the commitment uh, to make it happen. Um, now, one of those commitments, uh, I'm actually going to talk about Mike here for a second. Uh, Mike, if I recall correctly, um, you were part of the Oz Rally Pro Elite Co-Driver Academy, were you not? That's correct. I was uh, part of the first group that went through here in the United States. All right. So, um, have you had you made your own notes prior to that? Yes. In fact, doing all the Colorado hill climbs that we did, 
we 100% made our own notes from the very beginning. Oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. So I guess I guess what I'm wondering is, you know, going into now a championship and, and that class was in there, I think you guys probably did Snowdrift first, but um, I, what was mm-hmm. it uh, that you were able to take from that class in preparation for, you know, going into this whole season attack, uh, you know, goal setting, preparation for events, um, because, you know, you know, Rhiannon and Alex, they're, they're good friends of us on this show. And mm-hmm. I, I know that they have quite the program to try and get people, you know, to really be motivated to to make it happen and be professional. Yeah, they're great people. They hold great courses. Um, highly recommend them. And they're really pumped and want to support um, Rally in the United States. They think it's pretty underserved here course you know they've been all around the world and see like europe and australia where it's really big and they're really hoping that rally in the united states takes off again and they're 100 percent on board to support it to get there um, but as far as the course the big thing i took away you know i we'd already been doing our own notes um, but for me it was the level of preparation we do before the race even happens the weeks leading up to the race there's a significant amount of time you can put into your research of the the, tra- the course the stages and everything ahead of time, previewing videos and getting Dave everything possible so that mm-hmm. he feels comfortable going into the race. So I mean, really, there's just hours and hours done before we even load up the trailer to go, um, from my point of view, to have to make sure that we have the most successful race possible. Yeah, I'd say yeah. for me, even in the car, Mike's confidence level afterwards was way more than it was, and it was awesome. Uh, we were able to get through Recky quicker. We felt more confident in the changes we were making to the notes. And, uh, yeah, it was just all around to help both of us. Yeah, because I mean, I was, before then, I was completely self taught. You know, Dave did a few, a couple of co driving stints. So just kind of us trying to figure it out on our own. You know, and going to the course, one of the things in the intro is what do you do well and what do you do poorly? Like, what do you want to work on? And my answer was, I have no idea. I don't know what's good. I don't know what's bad. I don't know if what I'm doing is good. Am I bad? I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, and it ended up being that I was actually doing quite well. Um, and the Gel Seminos were surprised how well I did being completely self-taught with no training. Um, that was pretty fun. Rhiannon mentions it to me every time I see her that, uh, oh, I should be joining the class sometime. And yes, I, I've got to do it at... Uh, I'm interested to hear how people, what people's reaction is to to these classes and uh, the, what it's actually actually done done for them. Because I've just started working with a with a new driver this this year, and uh, so uh, I'm hoping that I'll be able to get out there at some point in the near future and and uh, learn what uh, learn what you guys have learnt, and I can put that and put that to use myself. Um, here's a hint, Ian. Yeah. They won a championship. Yeah, I yes, I know. So, that, that, so yeah, maybe I can win a championship, you know? <laughs> uh, well, you mentioned something there, actually, Mike. Uh, you were saying that, you know, that there was uh, a, a huge confidence boost uh, going in, or I think it was Dave saying that, actually, that, that Mike was more confident because he did all that preparation. Did that yeah. confidence then help you, Dave? to be that much better on the stages because you're kind of hearing that confidence probably uh, through the mic. Oh, yeah. I mean, even just in recce because, I mean, there's so many little things. He gave me some tips, but also when he was writing the notes, there's lots of times, you know, the roads are super bumpy and 
we'd want to slow down and, and make sure that the note was written out clear and you learn some techniques for when you're writing the notes, how you can fix them easier later on and uh, various things that I don't even know what he's doing over there. Uh, but just because he was confident and he was on it, it let me keep going. And so we got through wrecking and I felt way more confident uh, by the end of wrecking, which was awesome. And so it just took all the pressure out of that first day and just made going into the race day just so much more relaxed. It was really nice. So somewhat more unique, though, is that apparently there was some events that ran off tulips. They're blind rallies. Uh, this is the stuff that uh, they used to do in yesteryear. So how difficult was it transitioning from hyper-prepared to, oh, shit, I'm supposed to go off tulips? Uh, we did We did a little bit of research. <laughs> people were doing posts because I think a lot of people were in the same boat. They'd never done it before. And so there was definitely some good tips uh, thrown out there. Uh, probably the biggest one is just to flip through the tulips uh, before you do the race so that when Mike sees a little arrow that kind of curves funny, then I know what the arrow looks like and we discuss how to call that. Uh, so that helped a little. Yeah, having the tulips was very interesting because you, do, you don't have a lot as much confidence and control as what you have when you do recce and you have your own notes. You know, tulip notes, you know, the call-outs can be a mile apart. So, and you aren't really sure what the arrow really means because you haven't done recce. So you're doing your best to relay to, in this case, Dave, what you think is coming up. So you're trying to interpret the tulip in the race car as I'm also tracking mileage so that I can count down the tulip to Dave so that he knows when the tulip is coming. So I actually just count down tenths of miles, just like five, four, three, that he knows what the two, when the tulip would actually come. It doesn't make any sense to be like, oh, yeah, and a mile and a half is going to be a left turn. Like, Dave doesn't, isn't tracking mileage, so I would, I would actually track the mileage myself. Mm-hmm. And it was funny, the first time he, he, when we were trying to figure it out, he'd be like, okay, left turn. I'd be left, wait, wait, here, what? And so we finally figured out it would be like, okay, in point three, there's a left. Point two, point one, and so that, that way... Uh, you know, it made more sense to me, and it wasn't catching me off guard where I was, you know, expecting a turn. Because with normal notes, when he says a turn, it's just one or two obstacles away. So, uh, yeah, we we got it down pretty good by the end. Uh, maybe you should have done a few TSDs beforehand to uh, get uh, get the hang of working with tulips. What is a TSD? <laughs> oh, That's awesome. Yeah. Well, you the don't uh, remember, we're still new to rally, right? <laughs> yeah, the uh, the the resident anorak here, uh, Ian Holmes, uh, will tell you about uh, time speed distance rallies, the traditional road rallies of yesteryear, but they still go on today. They're actually quite fun. Do they mostly yeah. do that on the East Coast, or no? They're everywhere. You just gotta look it up. Uh, there'll be some sort of I'm sure there's some sort of car club doing uh, TSDs in your area. They're they're all over the place. There you go, learn something new every day. <laughs> yeah, because, yeah, I mean, TSD rallies, they generally use um, tulips to uh, to give you the instructions on the course. And, yeah, I mean, you're, you're flying blind all the time, but, but I think it's more for, for, for Mike, really, to be handling the t- tulips, tulip instructions. But, uh, yeah, you, you get used to the symbols and you understand what the symbols mean. And uh, it can it can certainly help. I mean, there's uh, a lot of the European co-drivers, in fact... Uh, our friend of the show, Mike Phil Hall, uh, he mm-hmm. cut his teeth. He cut his teeth on TSD rallies in my home county of Lincolnshire, back in England. So, 
it's it's good it's 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 good for like thinking thinking on the fly and everything like that it it's a lot of fun and I, as i told you you didn't hear our uh, introduction but i'm i'm doing a tsd this weekend and i'm doing it in an audi an audi r8 so i don't know how that's going to go but i've not done a tsd for a few months a few years myself so uh, i'm going to be flying blind on that one as well but uh... back to talking about the speed and stuff though for you guys <laughs> um <laughs> let's talk about that 2018 season you uh, you know ended up uh, doing really well at snowdrift super slick and uh ice covered stuff i'm now you're from Colorado, so I'm guessing you know snow a little bit. But then again, it's kind of high desert, right? Yeah, that's the thing with Colorado is most people think Colorado is buried in snow all winter, and it'll snow a foot here, and the roads will be clear in a day or two. So it's it's not like anything like it was up in Michigan, that's for sure. So Michigan, that's glare ice there, right? So once the cars go over it, it heats up and remelts and becomes uh, an ice rink. Um, that, that probably must have been a little bit different for you guys trying to figure out how to get speed on something that you get no speed on. <laughs> we were trying to figure out how it did not crash. <laughs> um, yeah, the, it was interesting because on the press stage on practice, there was actually a layer of snow. We were going pretty darn fast, and it was uh, we were really excited for the race. And then overnight, actually, it warmed up. And uh, that little layer of snow that was on top of the ice just melted and turned to water. And uh, if you look at our event video, I mean, it's it looks like almost like a pond with a mirror surface, and there's ice just below it. And the ice was perfectly clear; you could see the dirt like an inch below the surface. And start line workers were standing there and sliding off the crown of the road, just trying to stand next to the car. So, yeah, it was. Uh, so it was perfectly zambonied. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to describe it. It was awful. <laughs> uh, so yeah, from... I, I I had that at um, at Nomadji this year. We got to the the uh, final time control, and uh, we couldn't actually pull away from the time control in the rally truck because we are, we're we're two we're two wheel drive and no and no white weight over the uh, over the driving wheels in the truck there and yeah we couldn't actually pull away from the uh, t- final time control because it was like it was glare ice there oh yeah and you throw some sandbags in the back of the truck <laughs> exactly um so from there you guys went on to 100 acre wood i believe um had some i guess mechanical issues out there is that right yep we uh, blew up a motor one mile into the race <laughs> Ooh, yeah, that was uh, pretty bad. <laughs> and then from there it was, I'm guessing this must have been uh, Southern Ohio, which has become a huge event. Um, and gosh, those are some gorgeous roads they've got out there. It's the the revival, really, of what was Sunseeker years ago. It looks like that one is is probably one of the the highlights uh, I, I would think of the season, just with the amount of tension it gets. Yeah, I think they had in the entire country the most number of entrants at that race out of any of the races. Uh, they had over 60 people there, and uh, wow. yeah, it was, it's gorgeous. I, I mean, I'd, I've never been to Ohio before, but it was almost rainforest-like, at least compared to Colorado. And uh, yeah, it was cool roads, lots of uh, crests, lots of blind turns. and road's pretty narrow, so you got to really be careful. And it's a little bit of a unique driving style because the roads aren't so wide that you're like setting up lines and apexing and all that. You really had to figure out how to drive as fast as possible, but stay within that narrow groove there on the road. 
Was there a lot of crown to it? So if you got off a little bit, you'd be, be sliding off? Well, it's interesting because the roads probably were originally plowed wide, but the forest had kind of like overtaken it except for just the center. And ah, so I see. Particularly crowned, but if you got off into that uh, like undergrowth, you just didn't know it was over there. So, yeah, best to stay on the road. <laughs> uh, what was probably the most challenging uh, moment of 2018 for you guys? Just race-wise? <laughs> sure. I mean, a lot of the challenge was just getting to the races. I mean, we had so many issues that we fought all year long. And, and so just getting there was huge. Uh, but as far as the actual race, uh, probably Rally Colorado, because we were having motor issues during the event. And uh, we lost like 20, 25 minutes on was that the third stage. Um and so we kind of fought through that. We overheated the motor. We thought we seized it, uh, but we got it running, and we were able to finish. We had several other motor cutouts, and um, overall, our position wasn't that good, but we set, like, nine overall fast stage times, and we, we got through all of this adversity. Uh, we also, coming from Park Exposé the day before the race, smoke starts pouring out of the hood. Turns out it was a power steering rack that blew up and was leaking on the header. And uh, so we fixed that overnight and the crew, which is all volunteer crew for us all season. And if any of you guys are listening, I appreciate every last one of you guys. You guys made it awesome. Um, but we did that overnight. And so there's just so many problems. And uh, in the end, even though our result wasn't what we'd hoped, uh, it was just extremely rewarding to have finished every single mile of that race and, and overcome so much. So flipping that around a little bit, you know, that being the most challenging kind of, you know, event and, and kind of moment really other than just trying to get to events from, from one to the other, what was the high point of the season, you know, besides the championship, of course, but you know, <laughs> yeah. was there a specific moment over the year to like, oh, wow, th this is it. This is what we came to do. Uh, well, I'll let Mark pick his highlights. I think I kind of have two uh, one, the first one that was really memorable for me was Ohio because we actually were supposed to have a motor for that event. And a week before the event, like five days out, I yanked the motor out of my daily driver, uh, just a stock two five RS. And I threw it in the race car just so we could make it. And, uh, we did really well there. Uh, toward the end, it was a little frustrating because more motor issues that I won't get into, but um, we did really well, and so overcoming that, just how beautiful it is there, I really enjoyed that event. And then uh, the next one that really stands out for me was uh, the Show Me Rally, uh, which was another tulip rally, but that's the first event where everything worked perfectly. Ecotech got us a motor. They put a new computer. They figured out why we've been having all these motor issues all season, and uh, the car ran perfectly. Uh, ZF Design rebuilt the transmission. We've been having this issue where it wouldn't shift directly from fifth to fourth. And uh, so they sorted that out, and the car ran flawlessly. And we were going really, really fast. Awesome. Uh, there was even one point in the event uh, where we got to the end of a stage, and Mike was kind of laughing at the end of the stage and said he had to look away sometimes. <laughs> we were going so fast. So, uh, yeah, that was, that was really cool for me. How about you, Mike? What, do you, what was your high point? I think the season as a whole, you know, with the previous year of winning Rally Colorado, 
like it's kind of deep down inside. It kind of felt like a fluke. Like it, it wasn't like we kind of got lucky or something. Yeah. But being able to come back in 2018, start snowdrift with an overall win. So that way, it kind of showed that you know Rally Colorado wasn't a fluke. That we actually have that speed, and then to continue from race to race to continue to show that speed in a nationally aspirated car against these very high-dollar open-class cars with big teams and big budgets, it just kept reinforcing the fact that what we're doing is real. It's not a fluke. We're actually out there, out there putting down this, the fast stage times in our car. So it's just the whole season in general just was just a, an amazing amazing uh, experience for me. Yeah, we actually ended up podiuming every single, overall nationally, every single event that we didn't have a motor issue. And some of them that we did have a motor issue, we still ended up on the podium. So, yeah, Mike's totally right. The whole season. I mean, in the, in the moment, we were working so hard, and it was always, for me, about getting to the next race. So it was a little bit hard for me to just be excited every time. Uh, but, yeah, looking back on it, Mike's totally right. Well, that's just, I mean, that's an amazing feat, uh, being able to put not only that car on the podium regularly. Um, I have actually seen some pretty impressive performance from uh, some naturally aspirated guys out here in the Northwest that just, wow, against some much more powerful competition. You know, maintaining that momentum and all that is is such a, a difficult task to do. I think it just makes you that much faster of a driver overall for, you know, if you if you up in, in, into a different class or increase the power or whatever, so... Uh, that's just awesome stuff. Um, Ian? Yeah, so, uh, yeah, we're now a few weeks away from uh, the start of uh, 2019. So uh, what's your plans for the coming the coming season? Good question. Um, so we're working on a few different things here. Uh, one of the big things with 2018, all the struggles we had, we were trying to, well, we ended up getting a built motor in the car. And we thought that that would be kind of an easy thing up front to tackle, and then we'd just cruise through the season. But we ended up fighting that all season. And because I'd committed to the whole season, it was always this last minute, like, oh, it's only running on two cylinders. Ah, who cares? It's running. Just go. (laughs) (laughs) And so this season, uh, really trying to take that pressure off of us, we're trying to uh, do some tweaks to the car, uh, starting with some a new brake setup uh, and things like that. And I'd we're trying to do like four, maybe five uh, national events and probably some of the local hill climbs here and uh, just really take the pressure off. If the car's not ready, we're just going to wait and uh, and then do the one that we are ready for. There's uh, some people trying to push me into a turbo motor. They want to see how fast we can really go. We're looking at that, but we'll see how that goes. So uh, I was noticing that you're the entry list is already starting to show up now for uh, rallying the hundred acre wood. So I saw that it looks like your guys are entered for that one as kind of the, the one to get started with. Um, ARAs, you know, pretty much become the de facto national championship. Now, um, are you looking forward to a potentially wider field of competition? Uh, yeah. I mean, when it was rally America, the open lights class was the biggest class by far. I mean, some of these events there were over 20 open lights cars. So I think as far as uh, class wise, and even the fast guys, I mean, the last race we did, you know, Burke was there and Fatel and Gruska and all these really fast cars. So I think the field's always been deep. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, with ARA and you got Team Subaru uh, and some of those other ridiculously fast guys. 
Yeah, I mean, it'll be good to see how it stacks up, but uh, I think for us the goal is the same, just be consistent and go fast, have some fun. That's the right mindset for sure. I guess I just want to ask you guys, because, you know, it's kind of been the big thing now. I guess what are you guys' thoughts on the ARA and uh, and the new schedule? Um, uh, obviously, you guys haven't really uh, competed in, their, in any of their events yet, but, uh, you know, it's it's a huge schedule. <laughs> and actually, this year, if I read the post right, you, you only count your best six events mm-hmm. for the championship. Yeah. Which is actually uh, awesome. I mean, I know for like a team Subaru, it's probably not good for them because they go to so many events and do so good. Uh, but for most people, it kind of takes out uh, some of the towing required. Like if you can manage to put just six solid events together in a row, you know, you can be done and be competitive. Um, but it, it's rally. So putting six events in a row together without a DNF or an issue is pretty uh, tall task any championship people think it's easy for subaru yeah they got a whole team behind them and all that stuff but they're also got technology that's at the limit right oh yeah just the fact that they finish every event and they didn't by the way right remember higgins having some of his issues uh he dnf tour de forest he ended up dnfing at um uh at olympus uh you know there's issues that those cars can have um even if with the bazillion dollars it seems like they they have there it's not easy rallying is an endurance sport it is not the simplest thing in the world um it's just that much harder for a team like you guys where volunteer crew it's you working on the car yourself uh and stuff like that and you have to manage that risk right uh, along with the performance you're putting into it so it 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 does make it uh quite difficult and quite challenging and that's just what makes it so much greater that you guys were able to accomplish what you did and I'm just super excited to see what you guys can do in 2019. Was a couple other things you wanted to ask there, Ian? Yeah, so something I've noticed about uh, you guys is like you're really mobilizing social media well. I mean, you've got the Racer Dave page and you've got the Left Five Titans to Four pages on Facebook. I mean, there's those excellent videos on on YouTube. I mean, I'm still going through all those. Those are those are really nice to put together and really personal and. Uh, give a whole great insight to it. I mean, you've had some great coverage in the press and uh, with Grassroots Motorsport magazine. uh, And there was this piece in the new Rally America this month in Rally publication just a a week ago. So so I'm I'm having dinner with my my driver this weekend. Have you got any advice you can give to me on mobilizing social media? to your advantage so i can <laughs> so i can explain to him how we should be doing this <laughs> social media is like this uh unfortunate like evil necessity <laughs> um I, i'm really uh, happy that you like the videos I, I put a an awful lot of time into them yeah if anyone wants to watch just uh, go on youtube search racer dave and, and you can find the channel um, I really kind of put them together for Mike and I more because it really tells our story. And, you know, a month or so later, you're not going to go through hours and hours of GoPro footage. But when you put it together like that, and it, mm-hmm. it tells the story and shares with uh, friends and, and family and, and fans out there. I really like it. Yeah, and no, I, I just never really know how it's received. I mean, I don't get a lot of feedback from people. I mean, there are, of course there are people who really like it, but yeah, social media is hard because one day you'll post something and, you know, I get 18,000 views and then 
a month later you post what you think is the exact same thing, but your next video and it gets like a thousand views. And it's like, what the heck people? So, <laughs> so yeah, it's hard. I, I don't have a magic secret. I just uh, do what I think is so cool. Those damn algorithms, man. They yeah. suck. Yeah. Why can't we go back to chronological, you know? <laughs> yeah. Please. Now the key, I think, is I'm here on uh, Open Tunnel in the Valleycast, so I think uh, my uh, social media is going to blow up now, right? <laughs> oh, your hopes are way too high, man. Your hopes are way too high. <laughs> Another thing that's, that's really cool for me about the video is having just started catching up with these. It's like, yeah, all the uh, rally drivers will put their, uh, their in-car... In GoPro, GoPro footage out there, but no, you've got. Uh, I was following the uh, LSPR one just before we came and recorded the uh, recorded this show, and yet you know you you start off with a bit of introduction and with with thanking everybody, and you're going through the trials and tribulations and everything, and then you and then you get into the in car footage, and uh, you know it's 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 great. It's the way it shows the whole experience is like that's really cool. That's what I really like about those. Awesome. Yeah, that's that's one thing I like to really tell. And, you know, especially like my, you know, co-driving, a lot of people, one, don't even know what the heck a co-driver is or what they do. But I like to make sure that we tell the whole story about the car and what Mike does and how he helps me. And like even beyond the notes, you know, he does so much uh, to help me out. So uh, I, I try and tell all that story and make sure that, you know, people know about the volunteer crew and you know, they're, you know, working overnight to replace parts and, and just the whole story and, and the fans that you can see lining the road and just, just all of it. I think the rally is so intense and it's so cool and uh, there's so much more to it than anyone can imagine. And, and I'd hope that my videos at least capture a small part of it. Uh, they certainly seem to. Um, they're they're quite enjoyable, and you know that's one thing I've always liked is is kind of that storytelling type of thing when it when when it comes to rally because it is an adventure. You know, you're talking about the the all nighters and stuff. I mean, the crews and the teams are so dedicated to make this thing happen, and equally so are the fans and so are the volunteers. And it, that's the story right there. It is that dedication. It's the up all night. It's the weather. It's the uh, last minute running to a store that's going to close in five minutes to get a part. It's <laughs> right. It's all these different things um, to be able to capture that and share it with everybody. It, that's what draws people in. You know, it's, it's this open atmosphere where the spectators can be just kind of a part of it. You're, you don't feel like you're behind some fence and, you know, you, you have to have, you know, some special pass to see the people that make this happen you can be in it and involved in it and it's just the coolest sport ever. Yeah. And a lot of the, in all my videos, I've got some out of car footage where we're sliding through a turn or something cool. That's all fan footage that they've uh, sent me or I've seen them post and asked if I could use. Uh, so that to me is so cool. And that's some of the best shots that I've got. Yeah. If anyone has any cool uh, videos, they want to email me, just email it to four racer Dave at gmail.com and, yeah, we, Mike and I love watching that stuff, and uh, it's just amazing how different it feels behind the wheel, and then seeing the car go by, it's like, oh, man, did you see how cool that was? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like it's not even you. <laughs> that is so cool. Well, yeah. uh, so let, let's get all the monikers out there. So what's the best way to uh, follow you guys uh, going into 2019 then? 
So I do all my social media under uh, Racer Dave, and I mean you can Google it, YouTube, Instagram, uh, Facebook. Um, definitely follow any or all of those, and uh, and I I post my videos and pictures and all my updates. If I'm looking for crew, we go on there. Uh, uh, yeah, Racer Dave for me is pretty straightforward. Yeah, and then. Then for me, I'm left five Titans four rally. That's L five Titans four rally with the number five number four. And I'm on Instagram and Facebook as well. But uh, we use Racer Dave to post most of the social media stuff for um, getting volunteers, the videos, um, race updates, stuff like that. I try and kind of bring a little more humor and show a little bit more of the co-driver side. <laughs> Yeah, and oftentimes, like even during, uh, I mean, just going out to the race, Mike's pretty good at updating uh, Left 5 Titans 4 Rally uh, with just a lot of the stuff that goes on, you know, before and after where I'm probably sleeping, <laughs> trying to get ready or recover. <laughs> I wish I, I thought more about it because there's so many cool things you could be taking pictures of and then you don't realize till you're home a week later, you're like, dang it, I didn't capture any of that. So, <laughs> yeah, it's... We try between the two of us. Well, uh, the other thing I wanted to make sure is we need to know who to thank because for you guys to be able to do a season like you did and preparing for the new season, uh, who all's involved that been that's been helping you guys get along? Oh yeah, there there's so many people, and uh, definitely by far the most helpful person uh, has been my dad. Uh, he has just been absolutely amazing supporting me, and uh, he came over every weekend. He was available and. You know, he had some back surgery recently, but he was still coming over even when he was in pain and, uh, you know, just really was amazing the whole season. So by far, he definitely gets the most credit. And uh, yeah, hopefully you're listening, Dad. Uh, love you and thank you. Um, and then so many sponsors uh, that helped us out throughout the season. Uh, Speedy Roo started out helping us get some motors installed. They did some tuning on the car. Uh, found some issues as we were fighting through the motor problems and uh, helped me with uh, changing tires, you know, all these little things that, that they were just uh, really awesome. Um, Ecotech, you know, probably the biggest uh, people responsible for giving us just the season that finished really smoothly because not only did they supply an engine that was super reliable, but they gave us a new computer, they wired it the whole nine yards and they really made the end of the season uh, great, so I uh, definitely thank those guys. Uh, ACT provided us with uh, uh, Clutch, which uh, felt great, worked awesome, and a flywheel. So thanks to those guys. And uh, ZF Design put together just an awesome transmission. They gave us a new gear set and uh, did a whole bunch of stuff, uh, fixed some really obscure issues. And uh, so they... They were awesome. If you need a Subaru transmission, hit them up. And they even installed an all-drive Subaru uh, uh, center diff, which uh, those guys are out of Australia. They supplied that, so that was uh, great. Porterfield brakes uh, hooked us up with some brake pads. And then uh, my friends at Flatirons Tuning, uh, you know, they they have all kinds of aftermarket parts, the stock Subaru parts, and uh, they've really helped us out a ton. And man, those guys are so knowledgeable. They've got a YouTube channel uh, where they give all kinds of Subaru background information, all kinds of obscure things, but they really uh, help out. So really like those guys. Uh, Rocky Mountain Autosports helps out with some tires. The Ingenuity built the cage. And then uh, my buddy at uh, Motoroso.com, 
Uh, he's got, uh, he's starting this motorsports only website. And so he's helped us out uh, with uh, letting us do some promotion on there. So yeah, really all those guys, you know, it really takes a team to, to pull this off. And, you know, I work my butt off all season and uh, really all these people that helped and Mike here, you know, just being so prepared on the co-driver side, you know, you to pull off a, a whole national championship, you just, you really need a lot of people behind you. And um, all my volunteer crew, I mean, they get a huge thank you from me. So hopefully you guys are all listening out there and uh, yeah, thank you guys very much. I, I really appreciate everything that everyone's done for me. See kids, it does take a village, you know, uh, when it comes <laughs> to these championships, uh, look forward to seeing them uh, help support you guys into 2019 as well. Absolutely. Uh, any last words from you, Ian, to ask these gentlemen? Uh, no, no. I'll just uh, just say I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing you at uh, 100 Acre Wood. I'll be there, too, in the rally truck. And, uh, yeah, I'll come over, introduce myself, and shake you warmly by the hand. Because when yeah. whenever, whenever we do these, these podcasts, if we have good inspirational guests on, I find it really difficult to sleep. <laughs> and I think I'm going to have a sleepless night tonight, guys. Thanks a lot. Nice. Yeah, and I'd say to anyone, there's a lot of people like that I'm friends with on Facebook, but you only ever see the picture of their car or whatever their profile picture is. And so I never quite recognize anyone in person. And so I really encourage everyone. I'd love to meet you all in person. And Mike's shaking his head over here. He wants to meet you in person, too. So, yeah, come up and, you know, whatever your screen name is, let us know so we can connect you or whatever car you got posted. And, yeah, we we love meeting people in person, so please uh, swing by the races. We'd love to see you out there. Awesome stuff. Uh, any last things you guys would like to say before uh, we let you uh, get some sleep, of which Ian won't get? <laughs> <laughs> no, just uh, I'd like to say thanks for having us on, and I uh, uh, appreciate all your podcasts. I've learned some really good stuff uh, from some of the people you interviewed. So, yeah, just uh, thanks a lot for having us on. Oh, you're welcome. It was it was it was great. Thanks again for being on the show, and we really look forward to seeing you on the stages. Absolutely. We'll see you out there. Take care, guys. Bye-bye. Well, that's the end of this week's show. Remember, you can... And in five, four, three... Well, that's the end of this week's show. Remember, you can subscribe to our show on Podbean, iTunes, Google Podcasts, or suit your search your favorite podcast app i cannot talk at this hour apparently we're also on all popular social media <laughs> platforms now offer our shows on youtube as well so if you prefer to listen that way uh the video is just kind of a single stationary image but you can listen to it to us through that as well please subscribe tell a friend give us a like give us a share uh, we're always looking to get more followers i'm your host mike shaw thanks for listening everybody and we'll see you next time